Welcome to the X29 Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Metters. Welcome to another episode of the Axe 29 podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Metters, and I'm thrilled to have Katie and Stephen Coppenrath on the podcast today talking about their journey to plant, I think it is the King's Church. Did I get that right? Yep, that's right. Okay, I love the name. It's perfect. We'll talk more about that in a second. But before we do, listeners, I want to remind you again, as we do at the top of all these recent shows, I know I keep kind of belaboring the point, but we want to hear from you. So please send in some questions. Send them in to podcast at axe29.com. We would love to hear what you're thinking, uh, hear what you want to ask. Um, and we'll throw these questions out and we'll tackle them together here on the X29 podcast. So send them in. And we have one today that we want to talk about with Stephen and Katie. Uh, but before we do that, Stephen and, and Katie, why don't you guys just briefly introduce yourselves, uh, who you are and, and where you're at. Um, and Katie, you can go first. Well, ladies go first. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, well, Stephen and I have been married for 18 years. We have four kids. They are six, seven, 10, and 12. So um, we're in the sweet spot, um, I think, for parenting. Uh, many friends that have gone before us had said, like, I love those years. And it really is uh, truly a, a fun time um, with our kids out of diapers, out of strollers. Um, they're starting to gain independence. So uh, really fun. I stay home with them full time, um, support my church planter pastor husband full time. Um, and so it really is a, a sweet time in my life right now. Yeah, fun. Now, you're, the church is in California, right? Yeah, no, it's, I was just about to speak to that. I think uh, that's just kind of unique for us in the season. We have lived in Glendora for um, about uh, 12, 15 years Uh our previous church and just moved recently to Ontario, California. So um, that's also something that's kind of new for us, just getting used to a new community, you know, grocery stores, kind of pace of life, that kind of things. Um, and so, but we're, we're enjoying our community. We're loving uh, the people here and it's been, been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so Glendora, uh, for people who don't know what part of yep. California that is, because every part of California sounds magical <laughs> um sounds beautiful um, like i think of travis cunningham rancho cucamonga yes. i mean that's got to be one of the best names very yeah, exotic and then glenn uh, san jose <laughs> sure. newport i mean they just all sound like you want to go there um so glendora so where is glendora and uh what's it like what are some of the areas that we might be yeah so with? glendora is about 20 minutes east of pasadena um, about, you know, 30, 40 minutes east of, of LA. So it's in the Southern California, kind of LA, um, Metroplex area. And, um, I totally get that about California stuff. It is, it is, it is I guess not exotic, but it's more of like, uh, we have this very California thing of, we feel like we're the center of the universe in some ways. So we forget that there's, well, yeah, that's Texas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we share that in common, but yeah. Um, so Glendora is, is not that far away from us in Ontario now, but we're about, yeah, 30 minutes or so, 35 minutes from Glendora. Um, but love both of those cities and have friends kind of throughout SoCal area, grown up here our whole life. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So are you, you guys are both native Californians. Yep. That's Correct. Right. Okay. So do you love the SNL skit, the Californians? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk of about course. You know that one? <laughs> 101. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. It, it's completely um, unrealistic in terms of our bringing up and our uh, culture and community, but we definitely know some people that are 
are spot on. What I understand, like adding the the in front of the freeways for sure is something that I didn't even realize was unique. <laughs> I mean, the 405 and the 101 and that kind of thing, but yeah, it's pretty yeah, nice. It's so good. Okay. So are, um, are you Lakers or Clippers? Um, Lakers for sure. Uh-oh. Lakers for sure. Lakers, it's sad okay. times. I feel like right now, not sad, but we're, we have high expectations and, and, um, but things are not going great right now. We'll see what happens this year though. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens, but it's okay. You could be a Houston Rockets fan and we're horrible, but we're rebuilding. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. For sure. Um, so it's so good to have you guys here and, and talk about your planting journey and, and your journey through assessment with X29, which is uh, such a fun uh, process to lead, have the privilege to lead that for, for our, our group of churches. But we want to start with a listener question. And so guys, remember podcast at x29.com. You can send those in. But and I thought this would be a good question for you guys because you're kind of in the process in, in the middle of it right now. And Matthew Rawlings sent this question in. And so Matthew asked, uh, really just wants to talk about how to protect your schedule and develop a healthy pace of life while planting. So how, how do how would you guys think through this as you're in the middle of planting right now? That's a great question. And ironically, something that we asked ourselves as we stepped into assessment and stepped into this journey, uh, we had been, we've been in ministry our entire marriage and we're coming out of a 15-year um, ministry experience at our last church. And so we were very much in just the thick of it, and our schedule um, was very full. Um, so as we stepped into assessment and really thinking about what the future held for church planting, I, one of my greatest fears was actually, is this going to ramp up now that we are the ones doing it all? And the fact of the matter is that's not the case. We have a lot of people around us helping us right. uh, by God's grace. But I was truly worried, you know, is it going to be every single night of the week? And um, our assessors and the assessment process really helped us think through uh, what's realistic for us, what's realistic for our family, and really impressed upon us the importance um, of the discipline of Sabbath and how that is where when we think about our our schedule and our time, it has to start there um, and thinking about doing the rest, resting in the Lord and protecting that routine and rhythm uh, before we go into anything else when it comes to calendaring. So over you know the six months or so we had between assessment and our launch day, we really pressed into that and we've seen the fruit of that. We don't mm-hmm. do it um, great every single week. Um, it's still a work in progress as so many things are, but I really think that was crucial when we get, when it came to, um, this idea of protection over our family's life and lifestyle and schedule, um, you know, balance in life and in our schedules are, is really elusive. I don't know that that's actually a thing. And of course there are, have been very, um, ramped up busy um, weeks, as especially as we went into launch. But we're five weeks in now. Um, and like I said, implementing that Sabbath has been uh, really helpful and really crucial for us. And then a calendaring meeting. Um, Stephen, I don't know if you want to talk into that and how that works for yeah. us. Um, but that's been helpful as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll comment on that. And then uh, so calendar meetings have kind of been an on and off routine for us. Um, 
throughout our marriage. Uh, we tend to try to have two kind of touch points each week. One, a, just a date night. And then secondly, a calendar meeting, which is different than a date night, because oftentimes um, you tend to shift into calendaring and budget talk and all that stuff right. um, and date night. And then it's like, well, this is no longer fun. And um, <laughs> so if you go into the expectation with saying like, hey, we're going to have a business meeting and we're going to talk about this once a week. And um, what did you spend again? And, and how, how, how can we be pre- prepared for the next week? Um, I think that kind of thing helps a lot, especially you know, the year leading up to church planning, uh, year leading up to launching and all that stuff. And then the other thing I'll just say too is I, I think there's an element of, um, f- for us in our experience, I think planting a, a church, there were so many things that were out of, out of our control in, in some ways, as far as the, the timeline of things or um, even our week to week schedule. There were, even before planting, there's not this routine of just like preaching in church and Sunday. And, and yeah. so everything's kind of just up in the air. You're meeting different people, you're meeting with, you know, elected officials, maybe in the community or people who are leaders or people you're trying to recruit to the core team. And so I would just say, and this is more reflective than it is descriptive of our experience. But I think in hindsight, um, it's really important, I think, to control what you can in regards to, or at least schedule what you can. And so even on the micro level saying like, hey, I'm going to we're going to be home for dinner and we're going to spend time between, you know, six and eight with our family every night. And, and try to control some of those things. Uh, every morning, we're going to get up together as a family, have breakfast. And then everything else is kind of a little bit of a crapshoot. But um, try to control what you can. And uh, I think the Lord will really honor that time with family and and uh, and spouse uh, if you put those things in place early on. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good, man. And, and so good, Katie, what y'all are thinking through. Because, you know, this this vocation is crazy. There, there isn't set hours. You're not making widgets in a factory. You're, you're not, you know, clocking out at 5 p.m. and going, okay, I'm done. Uh, no one's going to call me. No mm-hmm. one's going to need anything. Um, no one's going to drop by. Um, no one's going to get in a car accident. No one's going to, you know, make a horrible decision and, and, and need pastoral counseling immediately. Um, there, this is just so different from so many other jobs. But when you do have those times, um, even now as our family, mm-hmm. um, obviously my job, I'm, I'm not planting a, a church right now with you guys, but I'm serving church planners all around the world and, and, and helping, um, here with X 29 and so many different capacities, but that when we do have these family times, like, okay, we have three hours as a family on Saturday, no one's anywhere and there's no soccer games. There's no meeting. There's no nothing. Let's put the phones away and let's be totally present as we can. Yeah. That's and right. let's just, and, you know, it, it could just be, we're playing Mario Kart. And I don't, I don't need to look at my phone during Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just be all so that I can be fully present and trash talk my kids when I get first place again. Yeah, that's like, right. you know, let's be exactly. Full, I want exactly. Uh, or Monopoly when my eight year old trashes all of us and just, it just crushes me. Um, let's be fully present and, and enjoy those times together. Um, and I, I know there's so much we could say here more about, um, you know, personal devotions and sleep and all of it, but man, protect your life. Um, because like you just got to that people will not take advantage of you, but they will sometimes there will be a dehumanizing effect on pastors that people don't realize is that yes, we are, um, spiritual figures and uh, authority figures and leaders, but we're also human beings that need sleep, that need nutrition, uh, that need exercise, um, that need rest um, that need enjoyment, that need laughter, uh, that need 
uh, family time. So it's like, just lean into your human being, uh, ness, uh, more, more than you think. And I think, um, each person should work out their own, uh, salvation, their own life, their own sanctification, their own rhythms, uh, with fear and trembling. So what works for one may not work for another, but keep, keep tinkering and, uh, see what works. That's good. But so thank you guys for for, for answering that question. Okay. Well, let's, let's dive into assessment. That's really what I wanted to talk about with you guys. So, okay. You've King's church has planted, um, And you're you're there, and so tell us like how many weeks did you say y'all are in now since launch date? Yeah, um, we are um, on week six. Um, come up on week six this weekend. So um, week six, and I'm sure all of your expectations have been met. So uh, part of this is, I mean, in some ways, so I, I tend to kind of really set the bar low in my mind and try to deliver high kind of thing. So I've been playing that game all my life um, in my brain. So in some ways, yes, because I'm like, uh, it's going to be awesome. But then like, I bet no one will come in some ways. And so I probably have this yeah. unhealth in some ways to, that I'm working out. But no, it's it's been different every week. I think Katie and I've talked about, you know, church on Sunday, you know, the afternoon and just like, wow, like I can't believe this person came or God did this and this person and what's going to happen next week. And so there's definitely an element of uh, just you know, each week's different. It's diverse and, and we'll kind of see what the Lord is doing real time every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So that really helped me after uh, the first week was very exciting. Um, and we, we knew, we knew it was going to be exciting. And then week two comes and we're, um, a portable church. So we're setting up in a high school every single week and getting there something like two and a half hours early. And so we're setting everything up and we're basically planning this big event with no RSVP list. We don't know who's showing (laughs) up. So, uh, there's, there was this feeling week two and three of, oh my gosh, is like, what's going to happen? Who's going to come? Um, but God was so kind just to help my heart, uh, going into the last few weeks and changing my perspective to like, no, we're going to be faithful. We're going to do this. And the question is like, what is God going to do? And let's just be more anticipate, like anticipatory. Let's anticipate what God's going to do and not be anxious about what's going to happen. Um, so that has just been just in this really short time, a change in, you know, even my own heart in that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I wonder if we could like, let's, let's dive into, um, kind of the planting journey, the obviously church planters, um, you're, you you go from not being one to being one, um, to wanting to be one. And so something clicks, something changes where you think you're going into, you know, maybe sales or engineering, or you're going to go into market research, um, or you want to just be a, maybe just a senior pastor somewhere and revitalize a church. But planting is so different from all those other things. So, so Stephen and Katie, maybe tell us about kind of the the steps leading up to that internal kind of conviction, and, and then let's talk about well after that. Then we'll talk about the external kind of commendation from Foothill and maybe other people in your life. Um, so, so how did this all start? The conviction to to want to plant a church. Yeah, yeah. I, I think personally, this this goes back a little bit, but. Um, so Katie and I are kind of high school sweethearts. Uh, we've been together for like 24 years. And, and since the beginning, we've kind of always enjoyed things around just service and traveling and and being in different cultures and seeing what God is doing in different places. And, and so thinking back on our, even just marriage journey, 
there's been lots of elements of just collaborating around mission. And, and so um, the first job we took out of college together, um, you know, as, as young plucky college students, we had this notion of, you know, being world changers and, and that's certainly, um, we, we wanted that. We were excited about that. So it was either, Hey, we're going to, we're going to maybe work in ministry or we're going to do the Peace Corps. Actually, we had a application for the Peace Corps. That was an option. And so, um, this opportunity for a church plant actually came up um, for me to be on staff, kind of part-time, quasi-full-time as the worship pastor at this church plant down uh, near uh, Temecula, California. And so that kind of is where um, church planting started for us in our, our brain a little bit. But at the time, it was like, we didn't know much about this. This is probably early 2000s. And I was like, uh, after spending a few years there, that church um, it was a good experience. We enjoyed the people there. Uh, we're still friends with some of them, uh, but it was like, that was kind of a weird job. Huh? Like, I wonder why I didn't work at like enterprise rent a car or something like that. And, and, yeah. uh, and instead God pulled us into this church planning, um, kind of journey. And so, um, moved on from there to more of an established church. Um, and, and I, I guess it's just to kind of fast forward it. Cause we'll talk about foothill in just a minute, but I, I think in the last five years to kind of fast forward, um, my role in our sending church at Foothill, it really put me around more church planners. And I realized that um, God had been doing something behind the scenes for a long time and kind of fusing our heart to, to mission and not only just simply living um, on, on mission personally, which obviously all Christians ought to do. We should all be missionaries in that context. But realizing that I, I really came alive when I thought about the idea of starting a new church amongst a new community um, that had very little gospel centered teaching um, very few churches kind of set up in the community already. And so um, that excitement really started to just build over the last few years. And so, uh, you know, I kind of say it this way, you know, some, some people had COVID COVID babies because of all that you know, time at home, we kind of had this COVID <laughs> uh, church plant uh, that was, was birthed in our mm-hmm. mind and heart. And so we were excited about that as we, uh, as COVID kind of wound down a little bit and we we're like, I think the Lord is, is pushing us in this direction and, and we're thrilled about it. Um, so, yeah. you know, being around church planners really helped with that too. I can think about some of the, even guests you've had, Jeff, on this podcast and others in X29 and, and others even just in the larger, just Christendom, uh, just seeing the Lord work all over the world and locally too in rural areas. Um, God is using, I think, church planners to, um, to invite people into that process and hear what it's like um, because not every church planning story is, is the same uh, as you know. And, yeah. and, and so as I heard more and more about how God is working in this context and this unique situation and how this person, you know, started off with a large budget or small budget, I was like, wow, God, God can do anything he wants to. And he has been, and, and perhaps he's calling us in that same journey. So that's mm. a little bit of that in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, Katie, what what things did you see happening in in, in Stephen uh, to begin to like? Oh man, yeah, he does. I think he wants to plant a church. Like he does. This is God's move and God's working, and you could see it. Yeah i I think when um, we step forward in faith to what to what God has in front of us, um, it I've seen in Stephen, and I'll explain this a little bit in a minute, um, how God was doing other things than we thought 
was actually happening. So um, Stephen loves school. And so he went and got a master's degree. And then he said, I think I want to go to seminary all the, all the while, you know, we're, we're growing in our ministry work at our, um, at Foothill church um, and not knowing you know, what the seminary degree was going, going to do. I think for us, we just thought, well, Stephen really loves this and he wants to be a better, um, minister where he's at in his context. Um, going into his, his new role as sort of this church planting catalyst and, and wanting to be involved with the church planting. Like you said, that's always been in our, a stirring in our hearts since, since we were young. Um, but, the end goal um, in our minds was he's just going to be this catalyst and he's going to uh, help support church planters uh, because he was really um, uh, growing in his role as like an executive pastor on our staff. Mm -hmm. And he and our um, lead pastor were in this really good groove. And um, so again, in our eyes, we were taking these steps forward towards church planning and towards um, Stephen becoming uh, the lead pastor and the church planter. Um, but in our minds, it was, no, he's just, you know, getting a seminary degree and he's just um, getting better at his current role. So uh, looking backwards, we can see how those steps were preparing um, us and preparing Stephen for for what he has for us today. Yeah. Um, and it was really, really cool to watch the Lord work in Stephen's mind and heart, um, sort of accepting this call and position. I think um, when we were praying for a church planner to come through Foothill Church and we were praying, you know, for what God had for us next and the call was for us, it was an easy yes uh, for, for both of us to say that. And then sort of... Um, being washed over with the implications of that. And for me, it was like, okay, that means we're going to move. And, you know, we want to walk our kids through that for Steven was okay. I'm the guy now and right. I'm going to be preaching every single week. Um, but then really, again, looking back and seeing how God had prepared us for this moment, even when we didn't know that it was happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's just always amazing to see how God works, how God calls, how God stirs. And I think there is that, uh, like we've been talking about in Acts 29 uses, we use these two words, conviction and commendation, that you got to have mm -hmm. both. You got to have the internal, like, I, I do think God's calling me to do this. And then the external people affirming, yes, God is, we, we see God moving in you, gifting you, equipping you to do this. And obviously Foothill, uh, Foothill Church there is, is a big part of that story. And so how, how did Foothill commend and, and support and help and send you guys out to, to go plant the King's Church? Yeah, it's, it's pretty overwhelming. And I mean, if I, um, it, yeah, God used Foothill Church in so many ways for us personally, as a couple, um, in many ways, we grew up there, uh, into our adulting and had kids there and, um, kind of became the people who God had called us to be, um, through that context at, at our home church. Um, so grateful on so many levels. Um, the sending aspect was, was pretty amazing. We feel, um, so just blown away and blessed. And it's funny, Jeff, I feel like in some ways I, uh, so like, as Katie mentioned, uh, I had a role as kind of XP the last like three, four years. And so if I kind of throw on my XP hat and I think about what Foothill did, I'm like, yes, and amen. Like we should totally mm. do this for church planners. This is the way to do it. We need to be behind them. 
um, long term. We need to be behind them financially in just generous ways that would really set them up for years and years of being able to be sustainable, um, sending uh, staff with us, which we received, which is amazing. And so again, yeah, with that wow. XP hat on, it's like, this is amazing, but this is what is needed in many ways to make this work. And I think about, you know, not to throw shade at any other church planning context, but there's lots of people who will just kind of throw, you know, five, 10 grand at people and be like, good luck. We're praying for you. And, um, Hey, pre- preach the last month that you're here. And, and, and really, some people can only do that. That's fine. But there's an element of if you have the, if you have the resources and ability, um, go, go all in and, and really help this church plant get on its feet. And so, again, uh, XP hat on. I'm like, yes, let's do that. Now, as a church planner receiving that, like tears, overwhelmed, so <sighs> grateful. We're like, I so can't many. believe yeah. Yeah. that God would bless our family in a way of sending us out on the mission field in such an intentional and thoughtful way. And um, everything from just Chris, our, the lead pastor at Foothill, and just his friendship and Michelle's friendship over the years to, you know, just late nights, just talking about ministry and life. Um, and, and then also formally just giving us lots of help financially. And, and like I mentioned before, staff to go with us and and um, and kind of talking about this publicly in front of the church for, for a long time, encouraging uh, the church to go with us and being so open-handed about, hey, if you live in this area, you need to really like prayerfully consider, is the Lord calling you to go to the King's Church? Um, because they need your help. And and this is something that can't happen unless we all get behind them. And so, um, yeah, super grateful for, for Foothill's role mm-hmm. in this in this whole process. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear so much about Foothill and the work they do. If, if you guys don't know about Foothill, go check them out. They're a great X29 church there in uh, Glendora. It is, they're Glendora too, right? Yep. Isn't it? Glendora. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're in the Glendora area, Ontario area, that part of California, and you're not a part of a local church and, or maybe you have friends and family in that area, definitely go check out Foothill, go check out the King's church. If you want to be a part of a church plant um, and help invest and, and be there and help that church, uh, reach the community and make disciples go and um, check out what Stephen and uh, Katie and the good folks at King's Church, the King's Church are, are doing there. Well, um, they, they sent you off. And part of that sending is to go through the Acts 29 assessment process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the assessment process has gone through many iterations. And we, we've made a lot of changes this year already. And we have uh, more uh, seismic, bigger changes uh, coming coming next year. Um, but let's talk about maybe you guys that are interested in the assessment process, what you were thinking mentally, uh, emotionally, spiritually uh, from the moment you clicked on and hit apply to arriving at the assessment conference. Mm. Um, just what what were you expecting? What was the Lord doing in your heart? What were you thinking um, throughout this whole thing? Yeah. Katie, want to start? Uh, I think we always knew we wanted to um, be a part of Acts 29. We were, uh, our sending church was Acts 29. We were sort of Acts 29 peripheral for a long time. And so got to know some of um, you guys and and really loved um, all of you and the resources that Acts 29 provided for pastors and pastor's wives and pastoral care. Um, And 
so that was a no brainer uh, for for Stephen to start the application process, and um, we knew it was going to be lengthy and weighty. Um, that that application is no joke, and Stephen did the bulk of it. Um, but I appreciated as a past, like as a future pastor's wife, um, that my um, emotional well being, our family's well being, were big parts of that consideration. Um, that X twenty nine wants church planners to start on the healthiest, um, most stable foot possible. And so that means looking into our family life and our marriage and uh, what um, my role as a wife is going to be um, in the church plan and really taking those things into consideration, um, that it's a whole uh, group family effort um, and not just the guy. Um, our fa- we, We've said this to our kids from the beginning, like our whole family was called sure. into this. Yeah. It wasn't just us following Stephen into a job. Um, right. So when God calls it, it, he called all of us. And so that's been really great for our kids to, to hear and be a part of and for me to, you know, repeat to myself over and over. So from the very beginning, um, from that long application, you know, there's a part for me to fill out. Um, and then that I it was included on the actual assessment process, the weekend that we we got to go and, and have really great conversations and and meet some of the other um, the folks that are in the same boat as us yeah, and yeah. have opportunities to have dinner and just relate and hear one another's stories and um, still think about some of those couples and pray for them and, and their journeys. So um, just as, as a wife really appreciated that I was brought in and my, like I said, my well being um, and, and state of mind and health was really taken into consideration through this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just out of that, I think one of the things that Katie brings to the table that's so valuable to our marriage and just our ministry is her vulnerability. And um, if, if anybody knows Katie, they know that she loves to share um, what the Lord has done and, and is doing currently in in her life. And so sometimes that's to, to my chagrin because sometimes I'm a little bit more polished in some ways. And uh, <laughs> hey, let's not share that yet. We're still kind of walking through that. And, uh, right. I just, I love that the Lord has used Katie, uh, even in the last year to point out specifically areas, uh, through the assessment process that, Hey, we're going to just put this all out there and just make sure that we, um, are really honest about who we are and kind of where we've been. And, um, and so I think Katie probably, uh, I'm not sure, babe, if you would, um, call it this, but there's an element of probably looking forward to, sharing all that stuff. Or uh, for me, I was a little bit more like, okay, what are they going to ask me? What are they going to ask us? And what are we going to get into? And, um, you know, and this is maybe where we're going, Jeff, already, but I, I just appreciated the posture so much of the whole process. It was very pastoral. Um, it was very, you know, I've, I've heard kind of in the past, just different, even other networks or um, this idea of gatekeeping. And um, it didn't feel like we were being tested to get in. It was more of like, Hey, let's get to know you and really get a sense of who you are as a whole person. And so, um, the, the length of it, the approach to it was really helpful for us for sure. Yeah, man. I'm so, I'm so glad to hear that because we, we have worked to, to change the culture of assessment in X29 that I think, and even the analogy I've used with our assessors, because we meet before and we do a little training and a little refresher is that I know that for years, um, it kind of had the stigma or kind of the aura of being um, gatekeeping. Um, and I was like, you know what? I, I want to change that 
and we're not, this is not gatekeeping. This is, this is the front door that, and front doors and gates communicate different things. Gates are like, maybe you can enter in, but we really don't want you in unless we, we, we feel good enough to let you in. Front door is, we really want to let you in, but we can close it if we need to. Um, but front door is we want you to come in to be a part and we want to help you. And, and so, so much we talk about how we don't want the, the posture of assessment to be stiff arming guys. Um, of course we have our doctrinal distinctives. There are things we would say, Hey, that that's not an Acts 29, uh, standard. That's not, uh, our theology. And this is, this is, this is not a good partnership, but if there are some things that we can work on, then, Hey, let's put our arm around these, these church planters and go, Hey, let us coach you. Let us help you. Uh, because we don't like, I view our job at the assessment process. It's not just to go who should come in, who shouldn't. But also, how can we make every church planter that comes in with us and their churches, how can we make them be healthy, uh, disciple-making, evangelistic, missional uh, churches? That's really what we're after. Um, and so, man, I'm, I'm so glad that you, you felt that way. Yeah. And I, I didn't, we did. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, and I didn't pay y'all to say that. Um, well, so because this I think, is, too, this like, is real. it's hard enough already. You know what I mean? In some ways, it's like, it's hard to talk about your stuff and it's hard to be humble enough yeah. to, to share these deep things. And so uh, I, I think it really is a, a godly biblical example of um, your guys' posture of assessing us. There needs to be this invitational element because it's hard to share these things already. It takes humility to, to flesh out these areas where you're everything from just a little weak at to completely incompetent at. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for that posture of, of, uh, opening the front door. Yeah. And I always, you know, I, I've tried to tell planters like you guys that go through this, go, man, thank you for going through it mm. because you know, your assessors and that we're total strangers. We're meeting for the first time, you know, we've maybe exchanged emails or some correspondence or whatever, but yeah, to open up your heart, to open up your life and to talk about these things and and to trust these these assessors is just is an act of humility and I think an act of faith. And so I, I just so appreciate every church planner that comes in and does that because you don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, but to come and do it with us is, is a real privilege that that we take seriously and we want to honor and serve our, our applicants the best that we can um, to plant the the healthiest church they can and themselves to be healthy. Um, and their families and their marriages as they go forward too. Yeah. And I'll just encourage people, you know, who are considering Acts 29 and assessments in general. I mean, it's so healthy just to, you know, I remember in grad school, the first time around, I was like, uh, we, we did this 360 evaluation and just basically you, you email a survey about kind of who you are and your leadership style to, you know, 40 people and just getting that kind of anonymous feedback. And, and that's just kind of one element of, of assessment that I'm like, this is really valuable. And I, I think the humility aspect for us as uh, potential lead pastors being in the network, um, it really does require a different type of humility because I think that, you know, humility fleshes itself out differently when we're being assessed because we, we feel like we're best at, you know, every pastor who's called will likely have at least one area gifting that they Kind of bring to the table. Sometimes multiple um, areas. For some people, it's preaching. Some people, it's leadership. Some people, like ourselves, maybe we felt like it was experience. And those things can either be like, like a launching kind of place where God can use to, to lead the church well, or it can be one of those hangups where it's like, I I had this covered. I'm good. And so it's so mm-hmm. important that humility is is really the calling card for us as we walk through this, because not just simply like general humility, but it's more of like. 
God, you've gifted me in this area. You've given me 15 years of a fruitful ministry at Fiddle Church, a setting church. Would you would you kind of flesh that out for us and show us how we are still inexperienced? We we still have so much to learn. Or, or maybe yeah. somebody says, I'm a great preacher. I've preached for years and years and years, but through the assessment process, it's like, hey, I can I can still grow and, and learn as a gospel centered preacher or um uh, how how practical are my sermons? And so um it, it's it was really helpful just to kind of even see all those elements play out um through our assessment. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And one of one of the things we value during the assessment too, as Katie was talking about, is is the wives. And that, you know, you're not just there as a fly on the wall, but you're a part of the process, you're engaged. Um, and then I don't know, Katie, if you want to share kind of about the wives' time that, that y'all have. I know I think both days you go and the wives share. Uh, do you want to just give some highlights from that time or or kind of what it's like? Absolutely. Uh I walk into those um, times of like, okay, ladies, you, you go sit around and, you know, drink tea and whatever. <laughs> I, I walk in a little trepidatiously, honestly, um, like, what are we going to talk yeah, about? Course. But, um, you know, you guys brought in some, some real, um, heavy hitters. Um, if, if that's the right term to use, I, I shouldn't have used a sports analogy if they don't make sense to me, but (laughs) Um, uh, just some ladies that had um, been a church planning wife for a long time. And so I, um, they were able to say like, Hey, this is my story. This is my journey. Um, And this is like, this is your time to kind of air out any fears and, and let's, let's answer your questions because as, as wives, we sometimes have questions that, um, we don't have opportunities to ask. So yeah, each day, um, while the guys were, um, I think you guys were preaching, which, you know, part of me really wanted to, to go and be a part of that. Um, it was really meaningful and fruitful for me to press into that time with the ladies um, and and be honest and be vulnerable about where our fears really were. And um, again, here are some of the ladies that you joined us that had gone a few steps ahead of us um, in their church planning experience and, and for them to be able to encourage um, and, and pray for us in that way was was really meaningful. Um, and I look back on those times, just grateful for them. Yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah, me too. I I think it's such a gift to have some godly seasoned wise, um, ladies there to also, um, give some counsel, give some encouragement because there is so much, um, just reality. I mean, fear like, uh, Oh, what is going to happen here? Uh, uncertainty and to have those that have gone before us to give their wisdom is, is so helpful. Um, so, so helpful for the process. Well, you guys, obviously you became, you became candidates, uh, you worked on your conditions, you fulfilled those things, got them done. And now you guys are official partners with X 29 there at the King's church. And so how is the church going? Um, what's, what's going on? What's the Lord doing? What what are you hopeful for? Um, how can we be praying All, all of that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, so we, we are in a context um, where uh, there's a lot of new builds happening around us, a lot of new communities and new homes. And so part of our vision and mission around starting a church plant um, was really to kind of meet the needs of the community before they even realized they had needs. And I think a lot of folks kind of coming in from Orange County, from LA County, looking for maybe even lower home prices, which is kind of a, a myth nowadays in SoCal, but um, <laughs> right. there's... 
there's this element of of like, okay, we're gonna come out here for this for this house, more bang for our buck. And I, I what I've noticed is that a lot of people just don't think through. Well, what about community? What about people? What about friendships that we're leaving behind? And so, um, as as the the network just prays for us and just thinks about the King's Church in Ontario, would you just pray um, that the Lord would um, make those connections neighborly um, on a small small scale in many ways? Just kind of those conversations as we build relationships with people in our neighborhood. Um, and so some of the, the, the first fruits of our kind of church plant ministry is actually in our neighborhood. We, we moved in and about a month later, we, um, kind of invited, um, our kind of whole like block, which is about 50 homes, um, over. And there were about 40 people that came over, uh, to our front yard. We had coffee and donuts and just got to know people. And you could just tell there was just this like deep hunger and pent up demand for, for people and community, especially mm-hmm. post COVID, but also just partly is the, the area where we're in. And so, um, I, I'm realizing, uh, through this process that that is going to be where a lot of the fruit, uh, is going to be is, is in, in homes, um, in around dinner tables, those conversations that, that happen, um, you know, after church are, are important. Uh, Sunday mornings are important. We wanna, we're going to preach the gospel clearly and and put our best foot forward on Sunday mornings. But um, a lot of the fruit has happened uh, around uh, dinner tables and around conversations like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Man, praise God. I'd love to hear that. Uh, looking into the future, um, Stephen has always done a really good job of this. Even when our, you know, group of 20 core team were meeting in our home before launch day, um, our goal was not to launch a Sunday morning gathering. Yeah. Our goal is to launch a church and a, a church body and a church uh, family that will hopefully be here in 10, 20, 50 years. And so as we look to the future, even but week to week, uh, we just want to stay faithful and we want to be submissive to God's timing on, on these things, um, which is hard to do uh, because we – you know, it's like the the cannon is um, has blasted us right. off, and we're going, and and we want to, you know, sort of keep this um, momentum and and feel like it's up to us to to drive the train. Where you know, we're just um, we're tools that God is using, and um, in His kingdom, you know, timing is really different than ours. So you know, we're just to be faithful to. Yeah, show up every week. Um, think about what God is going to do, not not what we can accomplish, um, and and hopefully build something that is still here, that is a, a foundational gospel community um, in this new area um, where many people are coming and and need the Lord and need and yeah. need the gospel. Yeah, yeah, Amen. I I love that, Katie. I think you said it so well. And one of the things we want to keep saying in Acts twenty nine, and I, I had a lunch. Oh, a couple of weeks ago with some with, uh, X-29 pastors and, and some church planners. And one of the things I just told them was like, look, we, we don't plant services. Mm-hmm. Like we plant churches and we, we plant churches worldwide that make disciples and that are evangelistic. That's what we do. We don't just go on and put on good shows. Like we're not, we're not putting on Ted talks. We're not putting on conferences, every little mini conferences every Sunday morning. Though we do services, we preach the gospel like Stephen, like you were saying, we do all those things and we evangelize and we counsel 
And we make disciples in all kinds of avenues to help people meet Jesus and walk with Jesus and follow Jesus now and into eternity. Like that's what we're about in, in Acts 29. And that's, and if that's what, if you're listening, that's what you're about. Come, come plant with us, come, come with us and help us plant churches worldwide. We want to plant with you. Um, as you've heard from Stephen and Katie this morning and, and, and through Foothill and through others here on this, in this podcast, we want to plant churches worldwide and we want to do that with you. Um, so it's, it's a joy to partner with you guys and to see, I, I saw the stuff on Instagram on launch Sunday and I was like, oh man, I wish I could have been there. That would have been so fun. Um, but you know, it's California and <laughs> it was last minute and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Uh, but it would have been so great. I, I just love to see a new work. So the gospel get started and, and see people get reached and to see people get born again, to see people made disciples of Christ is, is just such a joy. So, so we honor you guys and we're thankful for you and how you're sacrificing and how you're serving the Lord. And he sees it. He, he sees what you were doing. Um, our father sees in secret, the prayers you're doing and the sacrifices mm-hmm. and the tears. Um, and, and he'll honor you, uh, today and, and on the last day too. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. You're welcome. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to end, end today's show with uh, final three questions that we ask everybody that comes on. And so first one is a great book you've read recently that you'd want to recommend. Yeah, for, for me, um, it's a book that I've just read twice, actually, one with uh, kind of two different groups of people. But uh, it's actually called Lead by Paul Tripp. Um, and it's a book that uh, kind of just breaks down a lot of aspects of leadership. And I, I just love the way that he ties so much of what he writes to to character and to health, um, a pastoring. And Katie talked about it already, but really for the purpose of, of being around a long time and for longevity's sake, um, that, that our understanding of the gospel, our understanding of character and how we uh, lead folks um, it helps us to to run the race um, the, the, whole, mm. the whole way. So yeah, lead by Paul Tripp for me. This year I read um, How to Thrive as a Pastor's Wife uh, by oh, Christine Hoover. And, uh, you know, just going into a, a new role for me, wanted to, you know, glean all the information I could about it. Uh, but she did a really good job through her book in uh, reminding pastor's wives, but, you know, everyone in general to that your identity is not in a role. It is as a child of God. Um, and that's, that's where everything needs to start. And that's what you fall back into. So it was a great encouragement to me as I stepped into this new role. Yeah, yeah that's great. Okay. What's something you guys uh, do for fun? Uh, you can do, you can answer independently or you can answer as a family, ho- however you think, or maybe both. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, for, for me, I like to mountain bike. Um, it's one of those kind of things okay. that got picked up during COVID. And um, uh, I think I read a couple of articles about how, you know, bike sales were through the roof during COVID. And so I contributed to that for sure. Um, and I try to get out whenever I can. Since we moved out to Ontario, it's a little flatter uh, where we live. Um, our old uh, Glendora, our old city uh, is near the foothills. So it's easy to get out. But mountain biking is something that I enjoy. And it's kind of my... Uh, the most I'll do to be outside. I don't like to be outside. Otherwise I like to be inside where it's air conditioned and so on. So yeah. Yes. But mountain biking yeah. for me. Um, I took up gardening um, during COVID. So I like to go stare at my plants. That's true. She just stares at them. The I don't know what she's doing. But, <laughs> oh, she talks to him. I'm uh, sure she talks to him. 
Yeah, pig, I I I'm looking for caterpillars. I'm trying to keep the the bugs off my yeah, my lettuce. But um, and as a family, uh, we were blessed to um, have Disney passes this oh, year. Nice. So being in Southern California, um, it's about 45 minute drive for us, and and so it's been really fun just to you know get out and and have some fun with the kids and ride a few roller coasters eat a yeah, churro so cool and come home the churro yeah that's like, y'all posted that on your instagram recently that went there yeah yeah uh, was it for one of your kids birthdays is that what y'all went or y'all were just going so uh my, my oldest son owen he's 12 he's been saving money for like the last six months for one of those crazy overpriced lightsabers and so he oh nice he did it it was kind of some christmas money and his birthday money and so um he he went and I got to kind of stand in the back of the room while they did their whole production thing for um, building yeah, the lightsaber. Cool. It was super fun. Yeah. 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 It is fun. We love to go to Disney World. We've never been to Disneyland, hmm. but we go to Disney World all the time. We save up points and we go and oh, it's so much fun. I, I think my wife would go every every month um, if, if we could. I mean, she just loves it. It's a blast. And our, our kids love it. So, yeah. Okay. Sure. Final question. Because this could turn into a Disney World podcast, a Disney <laughs> uh, podcast real fast. If I'm not careful. <laughs> okay. Last question. Uh, your favorite verse or one that's meaning a lot to you right now um, uh, in God's word. What do you got? Yeah. I uh, always go back to John 16, 33. Um, Jesus is sort of laid out what's going to happen to him. Um in, in being crucified. And he says, I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Yeah. And it's just a, a passage that is so grounding for me. Uh, Cause I can look around and I can um, have a, maybe even a, a pity party for myself and, and think, think I'm suffering. Um, I mean, gosh, we go to Disneyland all the time. I'm not suffering. Um, <laughs> but, um, but there are some, yeah, really, um, some deep, dark things, um, that we, that we deal with, but, uh, gosh, what hope we have that, that Jesus has already won. Um, he has overcome everything that we, uh, will be faced against. And, and that truth is something that I go back to, um, over and over again to, to cling to as, as we walk through this. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me in the season, First uh, Corinthians three six through eight, um, and just a, such a um, a powerful verse as as we get busy with the work of ministry. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. And so, just an encouragement, a reminder for that yeah. in the context of ministry work, especially church planting, that God is sovereign over the whole process. Um, from salvations to finances to our volunteer ratios and the nursery. And my job is to just be steady and faithful and witness what God uh, will do in our midst. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Two, man, two powerful passages. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I say that no one's shared one where I'm like, eh, that's, that's an okay verse. No, I mean, they're all so good <laughs> and always, always so meaningful um, to, to, what to what we're doing and, sure. and how we're walking with Christ. Yeah. Well, Stephen and Katie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's great to have you guys. And uh, we'll be praying for, for y'all and uh, the King's Church. Thanks, Jeff. We Thanks, it. Jeff. Well, listeners, be sure to send in questions to podcast at acts29.com. Thank you for listening. It's a real joy to serve you in this way. And remember, brothers and sisters, that we are a people, Acts 29, and we plant churches worldwide.